This is Today in History, November the 2nd. On this day in 1777, the USS Ranger, with a crew of 140 men under the command of John Paul Jones, leaves Portsmouth, New Hampshire for the naval port of Brest, France, where it will stop before heading toward the Irish Sea to begin raids on British warships. It was the first mission of its kind during the Revolutionary War. And on this day in 1936, the British Broadcasting Corporation, or BBC, inaugurated high-definition television service from Alexandra Palace in London. The station goes on the air. On this day in 1947, the Spruce Goose, the Hughes Flying Boat, the largest aircraft ever built, is piloted by designer Howard Hughes on its first and only flight. Built with laminated birch and spruce, the massive wooden aircraft had a wingspan longer than a football field and was designed to carry more than 700 men to battle. I put the sweat of my life into this thing. I have my reputation rolled up in it, and I have stated several times that if it's a failure, I'll probably leave this country and never come back, and I mean it. Howard Hughes was a successful Hollywood movie producer when he founded the Hughes Aircraft company in 1932. He personally tested cutting-edge aircraft of his own design, and in 1937, broke the transcontinental flight time record. In 1938, he flew around the world in a record three days. And despite its successful maiden flight, the Spruce Goose never went into production, primarily because its critics alleged that its wooden framework was insufficient to support its weight during long flights. And on this day in 1983, President Ronald Reagan signs a bill in the White House Rose Garden, designating a federal holiday honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to be observed on the third Monday in January. In 1968, Martin Luther King was gunned down by a brutal assassin. His life cut short at the age of 39. But those 39 short years had changed America forever. The conscience of America had been touched. Across the land, people had begun to treat each other not as blacks and whites, but as fellow Americans. And in his words, from every mountainside, let freedom ring. And on this day in 1985, the Miami Vice soundtrack begins its 11-week run at number one on the U.S. pop charts. Free, is this the police? There's a he's the one that stole my pop. I ain't never stolen any of my life. Yes, you don't even know. Hold on, hold on. Almost from its beginnings. Television showed a remarkable ability to influence the pop charts. And not only by giving exposure to popular musical artists on programs like American Bandstand and The Ed Sullivan Show, many television programs also launched legitimate pop hits in the form of their theme songs, like the Peter Gunn theme, Welcome Back, and the theme from SWAT. But prior to 1985, no television program had ever launched a smash hit movie-style soundtrack album. The first one to do so was NBC's Miami Vice, a show that not only altered the landscapes of television and fashion, but also sent the soundtrack album of the same name to the top of the Billboard Top 200 on this day in 1985, a spot it would hold for the next 11 weeks. Included on the album were such hits as Smuggler's Blues, You Belong to the City by Glenn Fry, In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, and Tina Turner's You Better Be Good to Me. And of course, rounding it out was the song Vice by Grandmaster Melly Mel. 
helping to catapult rap into the foreground of American pop culture. The Miami Vice soundtrack, a soundtrack for the 1980s at the top of the pop charts. November the 2nd, 1985, on this day in history. Attorney, if you do not, cannot afford an attorney, an attorney will be appointed to you. You are now under arrest. It pays real nice, but what you really didn't know, the crowd pays twice. It pays once in money, twice in years, in the jail cell, trying to hide the tears.